Hey, so I never done a podcast before. I'm kind of figuring it out, but I thought I would start with what's in my heart. I don't know who would hear this, but if you hear this and you are a lover of Jesus Christ and you feel particularly persecuted or threatened um, or even punished by your family. I'm not talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about people who you share DNA with, people who you share blood with. I just want to encourage you that you're not alone. There's more with you than there are with them. And um, Jesus already warned us that this would happen. So I just want to read a few scriptures. Um, from the words of Jesus to just um, tell you how to handle that. And Jesus told us actually to expect it. So it's going to be a lot of scripture. You're okay. There's no such thing as too too much scripture. Um, I believe that the Bible is the final word of God. It, It is the true authority. It is the only truth. And anything pertaining to life and godliness is in the word of God. So let's just go there. If you have a Bible or a Bible app or you're driving, you just want to listen, go to Matthew 10. Let's start at verse 19. It says, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up brother to death, the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but fear rather him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him I will confess also before my father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, Him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loved father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life shall find it. For my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Hallelujah. So I just read a whole bunch of scripture. It's chock full of stuff. But I want you to know, I want to go back to verse 34 where Jesus says, 
Think that I come not to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I'm come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Brother, sister, when you catch on fire and you decide to serve the Lord with all your heart, it comes at a price. But I want you to be encouraged. There's nothing that you can lose in this life that you won't gain for Christ. Look at this. Look at uh, Mark chapter 10 and look at verse 29. And Jesus said, I'm sorry, and Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that had less house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in this world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, listen, long story short about my life, some of you don't know me, some of you do. This reads like a checklist for me. No man has left house, brother, sister, father, mother, wife, children. Well, I didn't have a wife. Children or lands for my sake in the gospel. That reads like a checklist for me, but I'm telling you, The Bible says in verse 30 of Mark 10, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, in this time. So I understand that you may have had someone religious tell you, and God bless you, that there's no reward until the sweet by and by, until we all get to heaven. But I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to tell you that there is a reward right now. And and you will not be affected by what people like to call haters. You will not be affected by your haters when you have a hundred full houses. If you lost a house for the sake of the gospel, if you lost land for the sake of the gospel, if you lost relationships, if you lost brothers, and sisters for the sake of the gospel, when that thing gets restored a hundredfold return, I mean, how are you going to hear your critics? Hallelujah. Your critics voice will become so small when you see the manifold blessing of the Lord in your life, when you see the manifested blessing of the Lord in your life. And it's not something that's coming. It's here right now. You just have, a gra- have to grab a hold of it by faith. You have to treat the word of God like it's right now. Faith is right now. Hallelujah. And it's being released unto you right now if you believe it. Glory to God. If you're listening to this and none of this makes sense to you, because you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart. You have no clue what I'm talking about. You don't know why you stumbled across this podcast or what's this crazy lady talking about. I'm actually going to pray with you and for you, but I want to tell you something. Even at the current cost of inflation, the wages of sin is still death. You might enjoy smoking right now. You might enjoy drinking right now. You might enjoy sleeping around right now. You might even enjoy shacking up right now, having a homosexual relationship right now. But at the end of every sin, what the Bible calls sin, there is death. And we know that to be true because at the end of every bottle, there's cirrhosis of the liver and breaking down of the family and and breaking down of the home and loss of money and finances. And at the end of, of every promiscuous relationship, there's an end, there's HIV, there's, there's chlamydia, there's sexually transmitted disease, there's hurt and there's heartache, there's abandonment, there's children born out of wedlock, there's death. The wages of sin is death. Friend, let me tell you that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I want to tell you something else. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you are a whosoever, you qualify. I want you to stop what you're doing. If you're in your car, pull over. I don't want you to lift your hands and still be driving. So pull over and just say it's so important. Say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for your word. And you might as well say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for your word. 
and then say, Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Forgive me of all sin. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me and that you rose for me and that you're coming back again for me. Give me a passion for the loss. Give me a hunger for the things of God. Baptize me right now with your Holy Ghost and fire. I commit myself to you. I commit to running to you and not from you. I turn my back on sin. I apologize for running my own life. And I invite you to run it for me. I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm set free. And I thank you that I will see you in heaven because Jesus Christ lives inside my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you said that prayer, oh man, this is the best day of your life. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. I don't care what you did. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and and all things are made new. All means all. I don't care what you did five minutes ago before you said this prayer. It is erased from your history in the eyes of God. And all he sees is clean. Hallelujah. Always remember to run to him and not from him because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Now, the next thing you need to do is you need to find a church in your area. I don't even know how this podcast will reach anybody. And so I don't know who all would listen and who, where all you're from. But if you're in DC, there's a wonderful church called Church at DC on 1300 Good Hope Road in Southeast. Um, if you're not in DC, you can go on revival.com and um, they, I think they have a map of different churches you can go to called Soul Winning Stations. I don't know if that's still up, but that's an option. And also, maybe you could email me at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I dot J dot Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S at gmail.com. And maybe if you tell me where you live, I can help you find an on-fire church. What do I mean by on-fire church? A church where the word of God is preached, okay? The preacher doesn't preach movies or sitcoms or their own opinion, but they preach the word of God without compromise, okay? And then the next thing you want to look for is the anointing. What's the anointing? Well, the anointing is the tangible presence of God. It, it, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's hallelujah. It, I mean, you'll know, you'll know. It's the power of God releasing. It's, it's, it's the power that follows the word of God when someone is preaching. So you're going to feel the tangible presence of God. Um, another thing you're going to look for is signs and miracles. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. So if your pastor of the church that you're going to is a believer and you're going to want him or her to be one, then they should have signs following. What kind of signs? Well, the Bible says they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible also says that they will speak in new tongues. If you don't know what speaking in new tongues is, I want you to read Acts chapter two. Okay. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this broadcast, um, podcast. If you have any questions for me, use the message button. You can send it to me by voice. Um, another thing you can do is email me nikki.j.hayes at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook at Nikki Wilkins, W-I-L-K-I-N-S hyphen Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. And I'm also on Instagram. It's, uh, what am I? Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S, N-I-N-D-C, like District of Columbia. Okay. So I'm your brother. I'm I'm not your brother. (laughs) I'm your sister. I am your sister. You are my brother or my sister. Hallelujah. And you can reach out to me and I'm here for you. I love you. Have a great, great night. Well, bless God. How you doing? Did you have a good day? I certainly did. I woke up this morning and everything. Listen, I got to tell you, 
I'm really liking this podcast format because I can do it wherever, whenever, however. Full disclosure, I did last night's podcast in a face mask and a bonnet on my head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So thank you, Sister Adala Shuttlesworth, for showing me this uh, way to get the word of God out there. So um, this is part two, and I don't know how many parts we'll do, but this is part two of when your family turns back on, turns their back on you. I realized last night that I didn't even really, I didn't cover enough. I, I didn't give you any practical tools of what to do. I told you that there was a reward, um, which we found in the Bible. If you missed that, go and listen to that and you'll find out what one of your reward is um, for suffering persecution, particularly when it comes to family. But I didn't give you any practical tools on coping with it. Um, You know, it's really, really easy for the enemy to use family members because they're the closest to you. And for heaven's sake, when you get born again, especially if you're an non-compromising, non-religious Christian who believes what the Bible says, they want to find every single thing that's wrong with you sometimes. Sometimes they're like, well, wait a minute. We were just drinking together last year. We were just hollering at dudes at the club last year. Who do you think you are? You know, um, And they, they don't understand that once you are in Christ, you're completely new. And the person that did all those things with them is a dead person. Sometimes it's particularly hard for parents when their kids catch on fire because, you know, they wiped your behind for crying out loud and 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 you know who are you to tell them you know what you want to do with your life maybe you want to become a fivefold minister and they didn't raise you to do that they raised you to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever can my africans say amen okay so so i want to give you practical tools to um cope with your family. But first, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for each and every person that's listening to this broadcast right now. You said in your word that you would perfect those things which concern us, Father God. And for every person here that has been hurt by a family member, for every person here who once they caught on fire, they suffered great persecution in our in their family, Lord. I just pray that you would send your Holy Spirit like a healing balm, even right now, in the name of Jesus, let your fire toe, hallelujah, touch each and every person listening, God, that you would open their heart, God, and that a root of bitterness would not spring up in them, in the name of Jesus, and if bitterness and anger and offense towards their family has begun. I just ask by the end of this broadcast, you would touch them with your fire and root that thing out in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for it now. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to give you four things you can do to cope with family when you are being persecuted for the gospel. Uh, I'm not talking about you're being an annoying religious fanatic beating them over the head with the Bible. I'm talking about you're minding your business, chasing after Jesus. And for no apparent reason, because of that, they've cut you off. Because of that, they start arguments with you. You'll be sitting around the dinner table chilling and they'll just (laughs) rail on you um, because your light walks in the room and exposes their darkness. And maybe you haven't even said anything. Those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. Maybe you have a family member that's ruining your reputation or attempting to ruin your reputation. Um, Those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. And I can get more into detail if you want to send me a private message or email me um, your situation, we can get more into detail. But in a general sense, if you were being persecuted by your family for the gospel's sake, the first thing I want you to do is pray for them according to Matthew 44. Let's go there real quick. Ma- Matthew 5, 44. Matthew 44. Matthew 5, 44. I'm reading it out of the King James. It says, but I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So the first thing I want you to do 
is pray for them. You got to understand something. You're going after God and you're going after God with your whole heart, many of you. And when you do that, normally he calls you, not normally, all the time. He's going to call you to do something for him. You cannot preach his word with bitterness in your heart towards other people. And so the enemy will use family members, people close to you, people you grew up with. Because who cares if a stranger on the street calls you something? You know, who cares? You don't know me. But normally, when someone that does know you demeans your character, it hurts the most. I know you're amen and all over the place out there. It hurts the most when someone close to you tries to diminish your character. And listen, Satan is an accuser. He's a false accuser, but he's also a true accuser. Listen, your family member might accuse you of something that you've totally did. But the problem is, if, if they're accusing you of that thing that you did before you were born again, they are talking about a dead person. That person was buried. And now that new person that lives is, is resurrected with Christ Jesus. So in order for you to be a servant of the Lord and do his work, you need to have a pure heart and you have to guard it and not let contaminants of bitterness and anger and resentment um, get in you. And the best way to do that is to pray for them. You're not going to be angry at people you pray for. And I don't mean auto tongues. I mean, on purpose. I mean, you can pray prayers from, from James. You, I mean, you can listen, you can say, father, I just lift up my mother or I lift up my father or cousin or whoever that person might be in the name of Jesus. And I pray that they would be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the height and the depth and the breadth of the love of God? I mean, you can just go through the Bible on their behalf. Hallelujah. And stand in the gap for them because usually People that are criticizing others aren't doing the work of the Lord themselves because when you are busy doing the work of the Lord, the last thing you have time to do is criticize others because you're too busy. So if they're criticizing you, it indicates that there's something going on there and you might be the person who received the brunt of it so you know specifically what to pray for. Turn that negative into a positive and begin to pray for that person. So number one, pray for them according to Matthew 5. 544. Number two, what we're going to do is we're going to walk in love. So you're going to begin to pray for them. Hallelujah. You're going to pray specifically for them. You're going to pray in the Holy Ghost for them so that the spirit of God can give you utterance. You will listen when you're mad at someone. Let me tell you something. You want the spirit of God to give you utterance because ladies, especially if you're dealing with a husband who is not saved, this is not a legal prayer. Lord, fill them or kill them. Honey, that is not a legal prayer. You can't pray, fill them or kill them. You can't do that. Ladies, you need to go into 1 Peter 3 and, and that'll tell you how to conduct yourself when you have an unbelieving husband. But you've got to pray for him. Hallelujah. And you've got to... T- to declare the word over that man of God. You got, I mean, he'll look at you cross-eyed, but that's okay. You wake up in the morning and say, God bless you, you wonderful piece of man candy. I love you, you man of God. I see you prophesying. I see you laying hands on the sick. I see you watching them recover. You can't, you can't be mad at someone that you speak life over. So ladies, that, that was for free. Well, this whole thing is for free, but I, I just want to tell you, Glory to God. All right. So the next thing you want to do is walk in love. We're going to 1 Corinthians. You know where I'm going. 13. Hallelujah. I like to read it in the Amplified. The Amplified version of 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, 
and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. So uh, let me just stop right there for a second. The writer shows us right there that we can walk in spiritual gifting. You can move mountains. You can prophesy. You can even speak in tongues. But if you do not have love, if you do not have God's love in you, you are a useless nobody. Don't let the work that you're doing in ministry, the work that you do for the Lord, justify your walk with him and think, thinking that you're okay just because you're doing work. Because it's not work-based what we do for God. It's out of love. Hallelujah. You love him because he first loved you. And now if you're born again, his love is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But you have to work it out. You have to make it a continual practice of loving on people. Amen. I've stood toe to toe with a relative before and, and, and they just were yelling at me. And I said, I love you. And they said, no, you don't. And I said, I love you. You can diffuse an argument by telling someone, I love you. And you better mean it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's keep going. Verse three, even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. So listen, all you radical givers, all you tithers and offering givers, God bless you. But guess what? You can do all of that. And if you don't have love in your heart, it's absolutely useless. You will gain nothing. You have nothing coming to you. You can stand on Malachi 3.10 all day. You can stand on Luke 6.38 all day. But if you do not walk in love, you have nothing coming to you. I'm not getting on your case. I'm just trying to tell you something good right now so that if this has been an issue for you, you can fix it. Hallelujah. Don't get offended. Don't get upset with me. Just lift your hands and thank God that he loves you enough tonight to bring you truth. Just thank him that you stumbled across this podcast. Hallelujah. And it was exactly what you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the Bible says despise not the the chastening of the Lord and faint not when you're rebuked of him. If if God is disciplining you, it's proof that he loves you. Glory to God. So take it, take it, eat your veggies. This is vegetables right now. This is your broccoli. Eat your broccoli. Amen. Now look at this. Verse four. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious or boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited or arrogant and inflated with pride. Hallelujah. It's not rude or unmannerly, and it does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Now, that is a heavy piece of lead right there, my friend. When you're walking in love, you don't insist on your own right and your own way. Sometimes, now, listen, you got you to gotta hear from the Holy Ghost, but sometimes it means taking the blame for something that you know you didn't do. And somebody said, well, how, how could I do that? Well, Jesus did that. He did it for you. He took blame and shame for something that he did not do. Hallelujah. The, the wages of sin is death and he was sin free. So really it, it shouldn't have been right for him to die, but he took it on. He volunteered out of a place of love. Glory to God. So it doesn't insist on its own rights or its own ways. So somebody's trying to have an argument with you and you know it's nonsense. Don't sit there and insist on your own right and your own way. Just take it, tell them you love them, you know, table it, tell them I love you. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. I love you, mom. I love you, dad. And, 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 and gracefully walk away. Sometimes you have to walk away. Hallelujah. But don't stand there and posture yourself. Well, you're wrong. And the Bible says, and the Bible says, they're not trying to hear you. 
<laughs> Glory to God. So don't always insist on your own rights in your own way. Remember now, we're walking in love. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. And look at this. It take, oh, hallelujah, your toes are getting crunched. I know mine are right now. It takes no account of an evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. So that leads me to number three. And you can read the rest of those love scriptures when we're talking about walk in love. So number one is pray for them. Number two is walk in love. Number three is stop retelling the story. Stop retelling the story. Your family member did you wrong. They owe you money. They slept with your boyfriend. They slapped you around when you were a kid. Stop telling that story. Look here. Look at what it says here. Let's read this again. It says it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. If you're walking in love, I better not ever, 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 ever hear you say, you know what, back in 1992, Nikki Hayes, you did this, that, and the third. And read me a list of things that I did when I was in high school. That's not walking in love. Now, if, if you are retelling a story of something that happens to you, and at the end, it delivers people, gets them saved, and brings them to God, that's not what I'm talking about. That's totally different. I'm talking about you are retelling the story like it's fresh. That will assure you that you will walk in bitterness and offense. I want you to go to 1 Peter 4, 4 and look at verse 8. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm getting rebuked and all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God's good. He loves me. Hallelujah. So he's handling it in my own life. Glory to God. Hey, listen. I'm I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to preach nothing I ain't living, okay? So, usually on these podcasts, you'll find and if you've ever seen me preach in person, you'll find that I just stand up there and preach to myself for an hour or two. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, look at 1 Peter 4:8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Another word for charity is love. Have fervent charity among yourself, for charity or love shall cover the multitude of sins. It's your responsibility to cover people, especially your family. Don't expose them to everybody. Don't get on Facebook. Take your tail off Facebook. Hallelujah in this life, okay? The, it, it doesn't say dear diary. It's not a diary for you to tell everybody. And then you don't even have, have the, the gall to be specific. You'll get on there and say, some people want to cut some folk off. Don't do that. Call them up and talk about it. And if you can't do that, pray for them and bless them on purpose. I got somebody on my list right now that I love very, very much. I don't know how they feel about me. Don't care. I'm going to bless them. I send them money. I send them cards. I make sure, hallelujah, that, that I'm loving on them. Have they reciprocated? No, but you know who reciprocates? The Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, because the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that and not only will he reap. Hallelujah. So if you're sowing to someone, hallelujah, you'll reap from the Lord that which you've sown. So don't worry about it. I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 13, actually. I want to read verse 7 along these same lines of stop retelling the story. Verse 7 says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person and its hopes are faithless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Do not give up on your relatives. I'm going to say it again. Do not give up on your relatives. If you're walking in love and you're refusing to retell the story over and over and over again, the love in you is thinking the best of that person. Don't assume you know the modus operandi of every single person. 
okay? Just because you're their family member, that doesn't make you a mind reader and it doesn't make you a heart reader. Only God knows their heart. You don't know why they do the things they do. You can assume, you can assess, I get that, but it's a waste of time. Spend time praying for them. Spend time walking in love and blessing them on purpose and don't spend time retelling the story. And listen, just because someone asks you about it doesn't mean that you owe them an answer, okay? Somebody inboxes you, hey, what's up with your moms? She totally went off on you on Facebook. You don't have to respond. Do you know that's the beautiful thing about getting these texts and these messages and stuff like that? You ain't standing in front of the person, amen, and there is no pressure whatsoever to respond right away at all. You might be standing face to face in front of the person. You might want to follow that rule that they gave you in kindergarten. If you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. That's not in the Bible necessarily. That's not a scripture, but it's true. Be ever ready to believe the best of every person. Okay? Don't enable, don't create excuses for people, but you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Okay? Your your parents are your parents. They're not perfect. Your, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, aunt, uncles, niece, nephews, whoever persecuted you for choosing to go to Bible college or whatever crazy thing you done did for the cause of Christ, they are not perfect people, okay? They need your prayers. Hallelujah. They need your prayers. All right. So number three was stop retelling the story. We read in 1 Peter 4, 8 that love covers a multitude of transgressions. You'll know you're walking in really, really good love if you, all kinds of stuff happens to you. They do all kinds of crap and nobody ever knows about it. Just you and Jesus. That, that's when you know your walk in love is gangster. Nobody knows about it. You didn't expose. And if, and if they do know about it, they didn't hear it from you. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to uh, wind down with number four. Number four would be refuse to get bitter. Quite simply, let's go to Proverbs 4, verse 23, a very simple verse that we quote all the time in Christendom. Hallelujah. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And in another version, it says, for out of it flows the issues of life. Do you know your heart really is not the thing that's beating in your chest? And the, the heart mentioned in the Bible is synonymous with your spirit. It's the core of you. Have you ever had someone say, I have a gut feeling, I have intuition? That's not their gut. That's not intuition. That's the spirit on, on, on the inside. So you have to keep your spirit pure because that is the... The river, oh, hallelujah, you got to keep those streams of water pure. Glory to God. The Bible says out of your belly, out of your heart, out of your core will flow rivers of living water. And you don't want to contaminate that flow. How horrible of a situation would it be where you uh, ministered to someone, but you didn't have a pure vessel because it was contaminated with bitterness. And now that person that you ministered is just a mini me walking around religious, walking around upset with people, walking around judging people, hating their family. That would be awful, right? The Bible says if you offend one of those little ones, it's like tying, a, you might as well tie a rock around your neck and toss yourself off a cliff. Forgive the paraphrase, but, but that's what it says. So you don't want to do that, okay? You want to walk in love. So let's, let's go through these, these things again. These are four things you can do, and I'm sure there's so many more, but these are four basic things you can do when it comes to coping with family members who are not kind to you or have completely turned their back on you because of your choice to follow Jesus. Number one, pray for them. Number two, walk in love. Number three, stop retelling the story of what they did to you. And number four, refuse to get bitter. Well, I hope this podcast blessed you tonight. It certainly blessed me. I've got some work to do in my life. How about you? Amen. Before you go, 
I want to pray for you again. Somebody said, well, you prayed at the beginning. Well, I'm going to pray at the end. It's my podcast. No, it's Jesus's podcast. But we're going to pray for you. I want to let you know, my friend, that the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to let you know that the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you cannot identify a time where you ask Jesus to take 100% control over your life, or maybe he did have control at one point, but then you started to get persecuted. So you withdrew. You got tired of people talking about you. You got tired of people judging you. So you withdrew. Whatever the case may be, if you are not red hot on fire for God, I want to pray with you and for you. I want you to lift your hands. If you're driving, please don't lift your hands. But you can say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud, okay? Say this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for me. I invite Jesus Christ to live in my heart right now. Jesus, Lord and Savior, come into my heart. Wash me of all sins. Cleanse me and set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Come on, say this after me. Jesus, I believe that you rose for me and that you're coming back again for me. Fill me right now with your Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Visit me, Lord. Show me that you're real. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and give me a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I apologize for everything that I've done that has hurt your heart. And I ask you to give me a new heart. And I believe that you've done it. I believe that you've done it. And I choose to walk in freedom from this day forward. I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm set free. I thank you that I am on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Oh man, hallelujah. Guys, I want to tell you that if you said that prayer, I don't care how bitter you were before you said that prayer. I don't care if all hell was breaking loose in your life before you said that prayer. I want you to know that in the eyes of God right now, you're perfect and none of that stuff exists. He erased it. He erased it. Hallelujah. He remembers no more. See, God's forgiveness is higher than man's forgiveness because when man forgives, sometimes he has the capacity to bring it up later. But when God forgives, he erases it completely and it's like it never happened. And you are clean. You are cleaner than a newborn baby. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need support in your walk with Jesus Christ, I'm here for you. You can email me at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I dot J dot Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S at gmail.com. If you're in the DMV area and you're looking for a church to go to, I've got a wonderful church to recommend. Actually, I have two. Evangel Cathedral, 13901 Central Avenue in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Or if you're in D.C., you can go to church at D.C. on 1300 Good Hope Road in Southeast in beautiful, wonderful Anacostia section of D.C., I love you. Um, Send me a voice message. If you need prayer or have a question, you can email me. I'm also on Facebook, Nikki Wilkins with a hyphen, Hayes. And I'm also on Instagram, Hayes in DC, H-A-Y-E-S-I-N-D-C as in District of Columbia. I love you so much. Enjoy your evening. Take care. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you're having an awesome Saturday or whatever day of the week you're having is good that you're listening to this. Um, We have been going through um, what to do when your family and or friends um, turn their back on you for the sake of the gospel. Sorry, I'm going to take a little sip of coffee. Sorry to be drinking up in your ear, but you know, a sister's got to do what a sister's got to do. Hang on. Sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. Glory. 
Who here uh, drinks French press? I, I feel like it suffice to say that that is the way to drink coffee. I love my little French press. Anyway, you're not here to hear about French press. You are here to hear about what you can do when friends and family turn their back on you. This is part three. Part one, um, we went over some foundation scriptures. We talked about the reward that you get as a result of being persecuted. Episode two or part two. I don't, I don't even know how this, this is all one episode, I guess. Part two, um, we went over four things you can do to cope with friends and family hurting you, turning their back on you for the sake of the gospel. And then this is part three. And what we're going to do, we're going to extract two things from part two, um, two tools I, I gave you, well, the Holy Spirit gave you, God gave you. We said, number one, pray for them. Number two, walk in love. So we're going to go over those today. But before we do that, let's Pray. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling silly today. Y'all have to forgive me. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up each and every person that would hear this podcast, Lord. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And if there be any among them that is experiencing bitterness or hurt on account of a family member, Lord, I ask that by the end of this podcast, you would completely remove that hurt and that bitterness, Lord, because the same thing that they're holding on to is the same thing that can block them from receiving from you. So I ask that you would burn that out by your fire right now in the name of Jesus and send your Holy Spirit like a healing bomb. Be about them and in them as walls of fire, God, and just protect their heart. Help them to protect their hearts. Hallelujah from any further contamination of bitterness, Lord. And I thank you for it. I thank you that the word is coming to them. I thank you that you actually watch over your word to perform it in Jesus' name. I thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's get to it. Talking about what to do when your friends and family turn their backs on you um, on account of the gospel or criticize you, all that stuff. So I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 13. We went over that in the previous broadcast, podcast, broadcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, But there's something I want you to do. So if you have a Bible... Bible app, um, or, you know, if, if, if you're driving or something and you can't get a Bible out, just listen. I want you to do this exercise with me. So we read 1 Corinthians 13 yesterday, and we were talking about the attributes of love. So this is something that I want you to do. I think I got this from Joyce Meyer, but I'm, I'm sure she got this from somewhere else. But this is a great thing to do. If God is love, and God lives on the inside of you, then you should be exuding love. You should be love. So I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 13. I want you to start at verse 4. And I want everywhere you see the word love to insert your name. So I'm going to read it first, and then we'll go back and insert our name. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13 in the Amplified, starting at verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious or boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It's not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. Takes no account of an evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Now let's stop there. I want you to go back and read this out loud as often as you need to. I would recommend every single day because you need to walk in love every single day. And I want you, wherever you see the word love, I want you to put your name. And it's not about, you know, just confessing things or having mantras or aha moments or anything like that. This is the word of God becoming alive 
to you because if it's not alive to you, it won't be alive through you. Hallelujah. This is about you grabbing a hold of this by faith. This is not, you know, reading scriptures because you should and then confessing them because you should. You are at a different level in your walk right now in the name of Jesus where it's it's not about the pressure to do things, okay? It's about you attaching your heart to the word of God that you read and actually believe that it is birthing something in you. Glory to God every time you say it because faith develops, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you've got to hear yourself say the word of God. You are training your tongue Instead of speaking words of death over your family, oh, I can't stand them, oh, I can't believe they did this to me, oh, woe is me, instead of talking like that, you're, you're retraining your tongue to speak the word only, hallelujah. So we're going to read about you right now. I'm going to insert my own name, okay? Verse four, Nikki endures long and is patient and kind. Nikki is never envious or boils over with jealousy is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display herself haughtily. Nikki is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. She's not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Nikki, God's love in Nikki, does not insist on her own rights or her own way. She is not self-seeking. She's not touchy or fretful or resentful. She takes no account of the evil done to her. She pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Nikki does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but Nikki rejoices when right and truth prevail. Nikki bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Nikki's hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and she endures without weakening. Nikki never fails. Hallelujah. You want to never fail? You want a recipe to success? You tired of walking around with egg on your face? You've got to walk in love. Hallelujah. When you walk in love, it develops a force field in and around you that no matter what any set anyone says about you, you know who you are in Christ. So if somebody calls you a loser, if somebody calls you, you know, a hypocrite, if somebody calls you when you know who you are in Christ, hallelujah, those words just bounce off glory to God because the word of God is more powerful than the words of your family if they're criticizing you amen and sometimes their criticism can be true it's just freaking hurtful okay so that hurt the the mean way that they say things sometimes won't penetrate your spirit because you are walking in love you just read about yourself that you are ever ready to believe the best of every person glory to god oh hallelujah I hope that makes you happy. That makes me happy. I'm going to sip another sip of coffee on that one. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. So now what are we going to do? So we said we're going to focus on number one, praying for them. And number two, walking in love. We kind of did it on a flip-flop. So we prayed for us. Okay. We pray. We put our name in 1 Corinthians 13, so we're praying for us, we're confessing over us, because what God, you want to let allow God to do to you, he can't do through you, all right? So you got to deal with yourself, you got to make sure that you're walking in love, so that you can pray for them, so that if, if you, if they're attempting to have a heated debate or argument with you, you'll know exactly what to do from the Holy Spirit, because you have a clear line to heaven, because you're walking in love. When you're not walking in love, and you're walking in unforgiveness and bitterness, uh, it's so sad because if you can't forgive your brother or sister, God can't forgive you. It's not because he's mean or doesn't want to, it's because he's never a hypocrite. He actually watches over his word to perform it, right? So if if you have bitterness and, and um, uh, like sadness, depression, any of that stuff, those can be blockages in your heart to hearing correctly from the Lord. Okay. So I want you to get rid of that today. And the way to do that is to walk in love. All right. So we're walking in love and now we're going to pray for them.
I want you to go, yes, uh, in the last um, podcast, I think I got excited and I said, you can pray the prayers in James. That's not what I meant. I meant Ephesians. So sorry about that. But I try not to record things over and over again. Um, I have to work on editing, including right now. Like right now, if I knew how to edit, I'd probably edit all this out. But since I don't yet, um, so I'm just going to say sorry that I misquoted yesterday. I didn't mean James. I meant Ephesians. Hallelujah. So let's go to Ephesians. Are you blessed? I hope you're blessed. I'm blessed. Ephesians 3. I like this in the Amplified too. Now this part is when you are going to read it and you're going to insert your family member's name. Auntie, uncle, mom, dad, cousin, brother, ladies, married ladies. When you you have a, a husband who's not serving the Lord, you can pray this over him. And and I'm not saying this is the only thing to do. I'm just giving you a thing to do. Amen. Simple things to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's start at verse 14 in the Amplified of Ephesians 3. I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to read the whole thing. And then I'm going to put your relative's name in it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Actually, let's start. Yeah, let's start at verse 17. Sorry about that. Ephesians 3. No, let's start at 16. It's so good. You're like, where do I? Okay. This is my story and I'm sticking to it. Ephesians 3. Let's start at verse 16. Ready? Read. Amplified. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened, reinforced with mighty power in the inner man, by the Holy Spirit, himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. And you may have the power and be strong to comprehend I'm sorry, to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being, unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Honey, that is a gangster prayer to pray over somebody, okay? That they will be filled and flooded with God himself? Oh, man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, they, they would come on. So I feel like running around this apartment right now. Okay. Filled and flooded with God himself. That's your relative. Open your heart. Can you ladies, can you see your spouse? Can you see your man? Okay. Filled and flooded with God himself. Can you see your man laying hands on the sick, watching them recover? Can you see your man speaking in new tongues and even raising the dead? Can you see that? Well, you better start. Hallelujah. You're only going to be able to pray towards what vision you see. So set the vision in your heart that your spouse, if he's not a believer at present, okay, is an on fire man of God, even surpassing you, giving you something to look up to spiritually. Ladies, can you see that in your man? I do. I see it. Hallelujah. I see that in your man right now in Jesus name. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to use that as an example. I'm going to choose a ridiculous name. Let's just choose boo-boo. Hallelujah. Let's choose boo-boo and put boo-boo's name in the scripture. Ready? May Christ, through boo-boo's faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in boo-boo's heart. May boo-boo 
be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love that boo-boo may have the power to be strong and comp and I'm sorry, I keep saying comprehend, apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and the length and height and depth of it that boo-boo may really come to know practically through experience for himself, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that boo-boo may be filled through all his being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy, filled and flooded with God himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ladies, boo-boo is blessed. Gentlemen, homegirls blessed. Your mama's blessed. Your daddy blessed. Your grandpappy's blessed. Your grandmammy is blessed. Your cousins, I don't care who has been saying disparaging word. I don't care who, whoever that gossip is in your family that keeps spreading rumors about you, always in your business, always posting stuff on Facebook. Look, she's going to be filled and flooded with God himself. If you pray, I'm saying this is a gangster prayer and you got to believe it all your heart. God can do a miracle. Well, how do you know? He did a miracle in you at salvation. That's you are a miracle. You're walking around with Jesus on the inside. Hallelujah. That ain't average. That is a miracle. Hallelujah. So pray for miracles in the lives of friends and family that may have previously hurt you, or maybe they haven't hurt you. Maybe they're just not saved. Pray this over their lives. Okay. I love you so much, but before you go, I have to pray. You know I got to pray. If you've listened to a few of these by now, you know I got to pray. So bow your head, close your eyes, lift your hands. If you're driving, don't do any of that. Just listen. Glory to God. I just want to let you know, all of you, that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I want to ask you a very serious question now. If something were to happen and you were to die right now, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? If the answer is no, or you're not sure, or maybe you've asked God to take leadership of your life, to take complete control and dominion over your life in days gone by. But because of this whole family thing, you realize now you backslidden. When you used to bless them, now you curse them. Where you used to uh, cover the things um, you know that they did, or you used to not gossip or about it, now you feel like you're telling everybody and you realize, oh my gosh, that's a problem. That's blocking me from the river of God. That's blocking me from his divine wisdom. That's blocking me from getting my prayers answered. If you realize that now and you want to repent, I want to pray with you and for you. So if you know, um, if you don't know, rather, if you'd be going to heaven, I want you, whoever you are, wherever you are, to say this out of your mouth with with your heart and your lips out loud. Um, But I want to tell you a few things. The wages of sin is death, okay? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you are whosoever, and all of you are, you qualify for salvation. Don't let the enemy talk you out of, you know, tell you that you'll never be perfect. Yes, you will. Right after you say this prayer, prayer, perfect and clean. Hallelujah. So just say this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I repent. I am so sorry and I apologize for anything I've done that it would have hurt your heart. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose for me. I believe that you're coming back again for me. Give me a passion for the loss, a hunger for the things of God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and fire right now and give me the baptism of the Holy Ghost, 
with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Put a boldness on me, Lord, to go out there and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm set free. And I know I'm going to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Hallelujah. If you said that prayer, you're clean. He remembers no more. I don't care what you were doing earlier today. I don't care what you did yesterday and neither does God. Amen. He remembers no more. Now, here's the thing. Don't go back to it now. If you repented of something, true repentance is refusing to go back. So somebody said, well, how do I do that? I'm going to give you a few things that you can do. Number one, find yourself a church where the word of God is preached and the spirit of God is made manifest. What do I mean by spirit of God is made manifest? The Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe. And if the pastor or the preacher is a believer and you would want them to, the following signs will be uh, um, following them. (laughs) They will lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. They'll speak in new tongues, okay? And they will preach the word of God. And when they preach the word of God, you'll notice that things will happen. The atmosphere is charged with the presence of the Lord, okay? So you want to go and find a church that's like that. That's number one. Number two, read your Bible and pray in the Holy Ghost every single day. Somebody said, well, I'm not baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hey, we just said a prayer. Get yourself baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, God's the one that baptizes you in the Holy Ghost, but you know what I'm saying? He says, ask and you shall receive. So if you ask for the Holy Ghost, he'll give it to you. Just lift your hands and receive it by faith. Just just believe it, amen, and receive it by faith um, more than anything. And, and, and it'll manifest right there. Hallelujah. I was nine years old when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was sitting in a church minding my own business while I wasn't sitting. I was standing, raising my hand and, and I wanted it and, and God gave it to me. Hallelujah. You, you just got to have faith like a child. Hallelujah. I know I had the edge because I literally was a child, but have faith like a child. Children just believe. So anyway, first thing, find a church, a uh, Bible believing church where the spirit of God is manifest and they preach the word of God, uh, straight, no chaser. They don't, they don't sit up there and talk about, you know, preach movies and stuff like that. They preach the word of God. Number two, read the word of God, pray every day, talk to God. He is your heavenly father. He wants to hear it all. There's no topic that he doesn't want to discuss with you. He wants to be involved in everything you do. And then number three, tell others about Jesus Christ. Okay, tell them about the experience you had today, the experience you had in church, whatever that moment was that you received Jesus into your heart, tell them about that experience and then offer the same to them every single day. Okay, those three things will assure that you will stay locked in to the things of God. Okay, if you need a Bible believing church and you're in the DMV, there's two churches I can recommend. One is called Evangel Cathedral at 13901 Central Avenue in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. The other is Church at DC at 1300 Good Hope Road in Southeast in beautiful Anacostia. So, um, and if, if you're uh, from somewhere else, you can email me and I'll help, I'll try to help find you a Bible believing on fire church. If you're in Florida, please go to, to the river church, um, at Tampa Bay. And uh, there's so many others I could list here. But anyway, you could email me, Nikki, N-I-K-K-I dot J dot Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Facebook where my name is Nikki Wilkins hyphen uh, Hayes. So Nikki Wilkins dash Hayes. And then on the Instagrams, um, Hayes in DC, H-A-Y-E-S-I-N-D-C, like District of Columbia. I love you so much. Thank you for the, the wonderful opportunity you've given me to pour into you. I hope it helps you. Um, you can send me a voice message on here too if you like. Love you so much, but Christ loves you more. Have an amazing day conquering stuff. Love you, bye.